Hello, amazing, beautiful ladies. You are listening to the Igbo Women's Initiative podcast with Ugochi Onyewu. I am so excited to have you on the show. Welcome to the Igbo Initiative podcast, where we celebrate all things Igbo. We speak to amazing women in different walks of life who are either Igbo or who are friends of Igbo culture. One of the main reasons I have enjoyed hosting this podcast is the variety of strong, accomplished women that I've spoken to. And this episode is no different. Fiona Machia is so awe-inspiring. Fiona was born in the United Kingdom, but went to secondary school in Oweri. She studied at the University of Benin in Nigeria before returning to the United Kingdom. Listen with me in this episode as Fiona takes us through her journey after nursing school through the Middle East, where she has spent the last six years. She spent just under a year and a half in Saudi Arabia and has lived in Abu Dhabi for the last four and a half years. As you listen, you will understand Fiona's sense of adventure and bravery. In this episode, we discuss the challenges and the lessons that Fiona has learned along the way. Fiona teaches us to seize the day. Good morning, Fiona. Thank you so much for joining today. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well, thank you. It's very hot out here, but I'm well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I can only imagine. Oh, my goodness. So, uh, you know, let's start. You can just start off by telling us a little bit about yourself, where you were born, where you're from originally, because to your point, it's really hot where you are. So I know you're not in Nigeria, (laughs) you're in the Middle East, which you can tell us a little bit about. But the the great thing about this conversation is we'll kind of start from the beginning and then work our way to where you are now. And I think it's going to be a really, really interesting discussion. So yeah, if you just start off, tell us where you are from originally. Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Right. So I was born in London. Um, but yes, originally from Nigeria, from Imo State, Nigeria. Mm-hmm. And um, so I spent my formative years in London and moved to Nigeria when I was 12 and went to FDDC Oweri. Mm-hmm. And then from there, went to University of Benin. I did my national service in Port Harcourt. And then after working for a bit, in the oil industry, I came back to the UK. So I literally um, spent my first 12 years in in London, the next 12 years in Nigeria, and then came back to England when I was 24. Mm. So from there, the usual thing, hustle and bustle of settling back into the UK, um, started a, got married, started a family, um, that brought me up to what? When did I, then I changed career. So this is it. Because if I didn't change career, I probably wouldn't be where I am now. Right. <laughs> so I changed career from a degree in English and working in administration and training and development to deciding to suddenly do nursing, which is another story I'll tell you about maybe. And then I studied nursing and that then took me on a different plane. So I was very interested in sexual health mm. and HIV, mm. started working in sexual health and HIV. And I then kind of like realized that I would really love to 
work for the World Health Organization or for UNAIDS. And that then took me to the fact that, well, if you're going to work in an organization like that, when you look online at their job descriptions, they usually want people with international experience. Mm. And I'm thinking, oh, all my experience is in the UK. Mm. So I first of all started by volunteering. So I volunteered, actually volunteered in Nigeria in 2010 in Abuja and Calabar. And I've volunteered in South Africa on three different occasions, mm. all in the area of HIV and AIDS. And the, the children were getting older and more independent. Mm. And I started to think about, oh, school fees, university is all going to get very expensive. <laughs> By this time, I had become a single mother. Mm. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this. Mm. So a friend of ours who, had also, who also went to our school had moved out from moved from the UK to the UAE, mm. and I went I went out to visit them. And while I was there, Abu Dhabi was still very much desert, more mm. desert than it is now. Now mm. it's quite built up. Mm. But they they spoke to me and they said, well, "Why don't you come over? It's tax free. You know, it's not too bad out here." Da da da. And I thought, okay, I'll, I'll do that. And I started my journey to trying to get out to get out over here. But I wasn't successful. I was sending all these speculative CVs to mm. the various hospitals and I wasn't getting any, any luck. Mm. Then I joined the recruitment agency. And once I joined them, things were better, but all the positive things that they were coming back to me with were, oh, we've had interest from Saudi Arabia. We've had interest from Saudi Arabia. And I was mm. like, oh, I wasn't really looking for Saudi Arabia. Wow. And my mother had worked in Saudi Arabia for about six or seven years. Wow. So I knew what the life was going to be like if mm. I went out there. Mm. And, but, you know, with the way things were, eventually, I, you know, the, the, the agency said to me, you know what, why don't you just go? I know, we know you want to go to the UAE, but just go to Saudi. You'll get the Middle Eastern experience. And maybe in about a year or so, there'll be something else on offer in, in the UAE. And I thought, okay, I'll do that then. So that was it. I went to Saudi. So I was in Saudi for, I always say, 456 days <laughs> because that's how, that's how serious it was for me. And, um, oh, my goodness. And then, fortunately, I got this job in, in Cleveland Clinic. So Cleveland Clinic, Ohio, was opening a, a, a branch here in the UAE. And um, I happened to be in London. And I, and I was told, look, they're here in London, they're recruiting nurses from... And I was like, yes, 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 I'll go. I literally didn't have anything, like, interview wear to wear. Mm. And I went in with these black slacks and some funny um, Care Bear T-shirts. But um, fortunately, they weren't looking at, <laughs> at appearance. Yes. So that was good. And, and that, that's literally how I then came to the UAE. And I've been in the UAE now for four years. What? So in total, Middle East for five years. Wow. Yeah. So I'd like to, yeah. So this, you know, I, you and I have spoken a little bit about this and I'm always like in awe and like, <laughs> oh my goodness, because I can't imagine. So I'd like to take you back a few steps, right? So mm, the first question yeah. I'd like to ask you, because obviously it's not everyone, right? Myself included that would ever think about going down yeah. the path you've gone down right so there is a sense of adventure and bravery and strength frankly and I, I just am really curious as to where mm. that came from you did talk about your mother having spent seven years so that already says she's brave too but where do you think your sense of adventure came from Ooh, you know I, I don't know I often think 
talking about it because when I speak to my parents and I tell them about my adventures, travel adventures, I see definitely from my mother a tut 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 type of thing yes. coming out. And but my but my dad, I sense um, he's more like he's more interested in listening to where I went and looking at the pictures and knowing about these new experiences. And I think that maybe had he lived in a different time, had situation been different, he may well have been, maybe I got it from him. I feel mm. he would have been more adventurous because I do remember many years ago him telling me that, because I was in the, the Territorial Army, which is, I guess, what you call the National Guard. Yeah. And I remember him telling me when I joined, <laughs> and everybody thought I was crazy. <laughs> I remember him telling me that he wanted when he was younger he wanted to join the army but that his mother wouldn't let him mm. because there were only two boys mm. so you know things like that i think mm. you know maybe if he hadn't been constrained yes. by that kind of duty and you know, in a way that maybe these days we don't hold back that way maybe well some of us i don't know but maybe if he hadn't been constrained he would have probably been more adventurous mm. and then i suppose they, they they migrated to the UK, and when you migrate like that, a lot of times you're focused on just being in this place, yeah. dealing with a lot of racism in the 50s and 60s, mm. um, just getting by, mm. having children, and mm. trying to raise them up with in in a country where you still want to instill your traditions into them mm. you don't think about going on holiday to spain or to anywhere else mm. you know you just stay and you focus so i don't know i suppose maybe not necessarily traveling much when i was younger was was something but it's strange when i think about it now i'll tell you what when i was younger i was actually scared of leaving home mm. So it's it's funny how it's come full circle now that I it's like um, I'm fine. I'm, I mean, when I say I'm fine, I would love for my family and friends to be near me, but I'm okay with being away, mm. being far from home mm. now. Mm. But I tell you, my mum would tell you when I started school, and I remember those times. I wouldn't. She would have to sit in the classroom with me for, and, and then somehow manage to escape when I'm distracted <laughs> by the teachers and she'll work it out with the teachers. Mm. You know, everyone else, you know, in the, in the 60s, 90s, 70s, British kids, a lot of them went to foster parents, as yeah. they called them, yeah. and you would stay with them and, and your parents would, because they were students or yes. working, you know, really hard, long hours. And my brother was able to successfully go to a foster home and stay with these people and then come back at the weekends and stuff. I couldn't. Anywhere mm. they took me to, I would go on. My mother said I'd go on hunger strike. Mm, I would wow. sit in the corner in a funny position like I had been hurt. And they would constantly have to keep calling her back saying, can you come and take your wow. child? She's not, uh, we don't know what's wrong with her. She's not engaging. So I was a real homebody. Mm. And then I get to Nigeria and my parents didn't think I'd go to boarding school. Mm. So I, I went started off as a day student because they were like, there's no way Fiona's going to be a boarder. Mm. And then on my own accord, I said to them, okay, actually, I, I think I want to be a boarder now. Mm. So I guess somehow, maybe just, just that, I don't know whether it's a, a way of getting me out of being a homebody and being a stay-at-home person. Mm. I'm now like a, oof, 
often right. an adventure whenever I can. I don't know. That's really interesting, Fiona, because I would never have imagined that you would have been a child that would be so clingy. But it made me sort of raise the question, though, you know, to your <laughs> point about secondary school. You started off as a day student, then you kind of asked to become a boarder. Yeah. Do you think perhaps the environment yeah. and going to federal or wherry um, and kind of being around other other kids and having that environment do you think that helped shape um that sense of adventure and independence in addition to what was already there that you just didn't know was there does that make sense uh, yeah it does I, and i think you're right i think um had I, for instance if i hadn't gone to nigeria i would never have gone to a boarding school because you know in the uk boarding schools are, are different you yes. know they're if you're on a scholarship, for instance, then it's more for the wealthier, mm-hmm. right? Or military, children of military personnel. Mm-hmm. So I think going to Nigeria and being in a school where I think we were only two day students in my year at the mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. and then we subsequently both became boarders. So I think when the majority of people are doing something, you kind of like feel there are times you're missing out on stuff. You're missing mm-hmm. out on all the... Um, prep after prep activities and and things like that and I am I am a people person I know that I Mm. do enjoy the company of people and I think just yes that's um being with people your age being naughty together Mm. being good together having you know learning together doing everything together I think probably that was that was very good for me. Mm-hmm. And I know it wasn't very good for a lot of people that probably came from the UK straight to boarding school. But it was all right for me, I suppose, maybe having a bit of a transition as a day student was good. Mm-hmm. But you're right, it probably was something that started that spark. Mm-hmm. Mm, interesting so you're in Abu Dhabi today and to your point you've been there four years I'm really curious because you're in you're in Saudi Arabia you said 456 days you counted every single day I'm just curious as to um, how it's different (laughs) how is Abu Dhabi different from Saudi Arabia talk to the audience a little bit for people like me that just can't imagine tell us a little bit about the differences okay um okay so I let me not knock Saudi Arabia completely because I did work there. I earned money there. Yes. So, you know, it, it has its, its benefits. Mm-hmm. But it, and I always say to people, you can't buy experience. So actually yes. experiencing something is, is, a, is a great thing. When you're in the UAE, for people that have come to Dubai and Abu Dhabi, you can say, I always say Dubai is like Vegas. You know, it's the bright, flashy light. Mm-hmm. And you don't necessarily feel that you're that far from home, yes. if you, especially if you just come on a vacation. Yes. So you have your fancy hotels, mm-hmm. you know, your resorts, your, your Irish pubs, your British pubs. Mm-hmm. Everything's there for you. The difference will be that maybe there will be some regulations or that you will see people dressed in traditional outfits or you'll be told, don't do this, don't do that. Mm-hmm. More, there are more don't do's than we're used to yeah. in, in the UK or, or in the West. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... That's a, a difference between Saudi and UAE. In Saudi Arabia, for me, it was an eye-opener because I had previously always heard of culture shock, culture shock. And I, didn't, I don't think I really appreciated what culture shock meant until I went to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Because as open-minded as I may um, believe that I am, I get there and I realize, wow, things really are different here and I really have to adjust. Mm. 
So from I knew I was going to have to cover myself and wear an abaya and, and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but it's little things that you often, you, I didn't have to think about before. Mm. For instance, music. I, I, I missed music. You know, you don't just hear music the way we would hear music mm. you know, in the past. Um, it was my first experience of really understanding what it meant to be to be lonely. I really felt very lonely there because mm. the, the where I was sent to was wasn't I wasn't in the big city. I wasn't in Riyadh or Jeddah. Mm. I was in. Um, my boss used to call, say that we were. Uh, well, how did he describe it? He says um, we were a pimple on the world's bum. That was that's where <laughs> the place where we were. It was. Wow. So remote, mm. <laughs> and and um, but you know, at the end of the day, so and then little things like okay, I'll say another thing, touch. You know, you can't in 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 the UK. We could. I remember so many jobs I had. We would if someone was having a bad day, yes. we give each other a hug. You yes. know, just little. You know how you yes. hug and, and touch people. You couldn't do that. Mm. You, it was there was there wasn't that kind of you know. Couldn't do it, and whether it was male, I mean, definitely you couldn't touch a male. Mm. Whereas you, we wouldn't have thought twice. I, so many times I would have, and I made the mistake of stretching my hand to shake someone or mm. to, oh, you're having a laugh, nudge someone, yes. you know, how, how you would nudge someone, and then just have to hold myself back to think, oh shit, I can't actually, yes. you know, do this. Right. So, but you, those are things you learn and you you start to understand. But you know, in the UAE, for instance, I get here and it's Christmas time, and there are Christmas trees and Christmas mm. lights, and and mm. in Saudi we were having to whisper to each other, "Oh, Merry Christmas!" Wow. You, know, you couldn't, yes. um, se- we, we couldn't celebrate it that way. Mm. There were no churches, mm. so you couldn't go to church here. Here, I mean, I'm not a church goer, mm. but I'll be, I'll, I'll be honest with you and say that the first weekend I was here, I went to church because I went, oh, I can go yes. to church. You know? so yes. I went to church. Because there are there are churches here wow. in Saudi, you know, there are no there are no official churches, and but you know, like the Christians of the old day, you have some underground kind of stuff. Yes, which I'll be honest with you, I did like on two occasions, and I thought, why are you doing this, Fiona? If you get caught, you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. The whole time you're there, you can't really pray well because you've got one eye open to check to see whether anybody's coming whether you're gonna about to be arrested so oh it's like no, I, i'm really not gonna if i go into prison and then they ask me what were you doing and i'll say i went to church it's like decided to sound very stupid to me i'm like mm. i went to church like can't you pray at home what's the why put yourself under that risk and then you hear stories of oh did you hear a group of people got caught having church in their house wow. and, <clears throat> so those are the the main differences, and obviously the food. Here, we can get almost any food we want. There's food from, because there are shops and stores from all over the world, mm. so you can get any food you want. Mm. So even though it is an Islamic country, mm. they do cater for the people who are, for the foreigners, yes. those of us that are yes. here. So yes. we can get pork, we can drink alcohol, we can have all those things that you couldn't have in Saudi. So mm. in Saudi, it was you'd have to escape to Bahrain, for instance, for mm. a weekend. Mm. And then I would eat everything I would eat. I would have to have bacon in it mm. just because, yeah, because <laughs> you, you know, it's one of those yes. things you do. You've now been let loose. Yes. And then you think, oh, okay, I'm here now. Bacon crisps, bacon sandwiches, bacon everything, mm. you know, because let me just eat it all now, that type of thing. Wow. Um, wow. Interesting. And those are the main things. The thing, and, but they miss a trick there, I think, because we all just would get paid and then our money 
people just go straight home. Mm. Whereas here, so this is another difference for people who would think about it. You want to save money and make you want to make money and save money. Saudi Arabia is a good place because mm-hmm. there's nothing to do, right? Other than go to work and, yes. and come back. And I think if you're in a, if you're lucky, you could have some nice embassy parties and and be in, a, in an estate or a compound where you're all foreigners and they'll have parties and things. But if not, you're not doing anything. Whereas in the UAE. You know, every every night there's a ladies' night somewhere in town. Mm-hmm. There are activities to do. There's, you know, there's something that can that can get you get you spending your money. At the mm-hmm. weekends, you go for brunches, and so the economy. We are also fueling the economy. Mm-hmm. As well. Yes, exactly. Well, I was trying to say so. Those would be the major, the major differences is wow. that you can still feel like you're at home here, mm. like you're on an extended holiday. Yes. Whereas in Saudi, I, I, I felt like I was scared every single day. Wow. You know, you couldn't take a taxi by yourself anywhere. You couldn't, you know, you had to be really, really, really careful how mm. you moved about. Mm. Wow. So, so, so amazing. And, I, and here I don't, I'm not scared at all. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so interesting. I mean, you, you can relate because obviously it's the West, right? Here in the West and even all over the yeah. world, we just take for granted the fact that there's so many places where you talked about fear, right? Not necessarily because there's a war going on, yeah. but you're still in fear about how you move no. about. It's just amazing. Exactly. Amazing. Yeah. So yeah. I, mean, I am curious though, Fiona, what do you think is the greatest lesson you've learned about yourself in terms of self-discovery? What do you think is the greatest lesson you've learned through this process? I think, I would say one of the lessons I think I've learned about myself um, is is that it's okay to not be a conformist. Hmm. You know, like, I, I think sometimes we feel, you know, we, there are expectations of us, we have to do this, we should do that, we shouldn't do this, and we shouldn't do that. And sometimes we're very good at just doing those things. A lot of things that we do because that's the expectation. Hmm. And sometimes you just, you can step out of line and, and it doesn't really matter. And you shouldn't necessarily... Um, feel bad about that mm. or you know so i'm not saying in terms of living somewhere where there are rules and regulations that's different yes, obey the rules so you don't get into trouble of course. but in terms of yourself and who you want to be mm. then i feel you know it's it's not it's not my responsibility to want the life that others want for me mm-hmm. i need to have i need to you know i i want what i want yes. and so i think that's kind of like one of the one of my my kind of you know like when it clicked that you know what you know you don't have to you're different and actually everyone's different in different ways and mm. sometimes when you're different you try to change it to mm. be the way people want you to be mm. and sometimes you go with it and mm-hmm. when you go with it sometimes you may face all sorts of criticisms mm. or whatever mm. and then you just deal with that mm. But in terms of my journey and leaving and going to the Middle East, I think what I've learned, I've learned that, yeah, that there are, you know, the world is made up of of so many, many different people. Mm. There are different ways people live. Mm. And you just need to to be flexible, Mm. to be patient, to be open. There are sometimes things happen and I would get, so frustrated because I knew that if I was in England, this would be a, a simple phone call mm. and this would be done or I just talk to someone and but, but things can be 
very slow in mm. other parts of the world. They don't mm. happen that quickly. Mm. And it's about adjusting to things mm. and about just taking a step back and thinking, you know what, I'm not, this is not what I'm used to and I just now have to get used to it. Mm. Or, you know, mm. and then you look at people's lives now. It's, I used to always think I was from London and so multicultural. And it is, but I feel that I've worked now. I know people from way more countries than I knew when I was in London. Yes. So, and, yeah. I, and with, that, with our various beliefs mm-hmm. and religions mm-hmm. and whatever. And mm-hmm. I just, so my thing is, you know, we're all trying mm-hmm. to live our lives the best way we can. Mm-hmm. We're just all using different instructions. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that. So, <laughs> you know, my, my, my manual says this and yeah. your manual says that, yeah. but, you know, it's, it's fine. As yes. long as we're all just on that same path trying to live life as well as we can. Yes, know? yes. So, yeah. And, and, you know, I will say, honestly, just, that's one of the things I've always admired. Obviously, I've known you for, for many years, but one of the things I've always admired about you is that I would consider you a little bit of a rebel, a nonconformist. It's like, if, if everyone's doing it this way, Fiona's going to do it differently. And I love that about you because you have this, no, I do. I just have to say, you just have this sense of self yeah. um, and confidence that you may, mm. you may not even be aware of, but other people see it definitely. I wanted to highlight that. Would you ever move back to the UK, do you think? Or are you going to oh, stay? <laughs> Most definitely. First okay. and foremost, they don't give you, you don't really get the, well, you can maybe if you buy property and you do, but generally your time here is, is you, you have it in, in stages. So, mm. and every so many years you have to renew. So it's not, much as I do enjoy the life out here, and I love the temperature, I'll be honest, apart from now, like maybe July, August, when it gets really hot, um, it's not somewhere where I'd want to be forever I mean I, I or where I'd want to retire I really do love London I love the life in London mm-hmm. I just love the fact that I can be you know I can I just have to step up drive a few kilometers and I can get my Nigerian food mm-hmm. and whatever else mm-hmm. I need mm-hmm. but then I can also get the culture the theater mm-hmm. and the concerts and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that so no definitely not I, I would not be staying thinking of staying here permanently and I would definitely want to be coming back to England actually quite soon I'm, I'm already thinking about it now I think mm-hmm. that okay it's, I think it's time to start winding down from here and coming back to England mm-hmm. <laughs> so now we can have a little bit of fun I'm gonna ask you a little bit of an off the wall question which is like hmm, what does that mean but mm-hmm. I saw this somewhere and I was like really I thought about you actually when I saw it um it, it, the question is and I'll, I'll read it um you are a diamond in the rough yeah what made you rough and what sharpens your edges? (laughs) Ooh, okay. Now, (laughs) okay. Um, I, ooh, diamond in the rough. So, you know that when you say that, I I think of someone who has a particular talent that is emerging, you know, and I don't know, I I wouldn't say that I'm there yet. There is something I'm trying to do. There are a few things I'm trying to do, but you know, like I like I like to act, as you know. So, but I I would hardly think that I'm an emerging, um, you know, like actress, Mm Oscar-winning actress or anything. Mm -hmm. But I do also want to write. So, Mm -hmm. but I think (laughs) my my immediate response would be, what's made me rough? 
my life experiences. Mm. And at the same time, it is my life experiences that are sharpening my edges yeah, as well. I love that. So mm. it's like the, the, it's the same. It's the same. It's, it's, you know, you go through, you know how people always feel in life suppose you lemons you make lemonade or whatever <laughs> um it's the same thing i think you we go through things mm. and we we learn and we, we, we go through some things and they really rough us up a bit mm. I've, I've said before I, I never really liked that state statement that says what um, what's saying when people just throw out these things where you're going through a hard time or what mm. doesn't kill you yeah. it only makes you stronger and i think what, what does that mean <laughs> No, no, it may not kill me, but it could make you very weak indeed. Yes. You know, I'm like, don't tell me that. Yes. But you know, it's it's things like that. So I think, but at the same time, you learn, you 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 develop. Mm. So you might have some of your scars and your injuries from things, but then you know, the same things as well sharpen you and prepare you for what's the next adventure, what's the next journey, um, or or sometimes you know. You know, I don't know. I don't know why I had to experience this. I just think to myself, okay, well, I'll just get up, dust my ass and keep moving. Mm-hmm. But why the hell do I have to go through that? Mm-hmm. I don't know yet. And I may never know, mm-hmm. but it's there in my memory bank. And maybe if something happens in the future, I might need to bring it out. Mm-hmm. But if not, okay, it's just one of those things, you mm-hmm. know? So, mm-hmm. I don't know. No, yeah. it's, a great re- it's a great response. I kind of like that. I like how you said the same thing that roughens, ru- made you rough also sharpens your edges. That's, a, that's an interesting <laughs> response. I really do like that. So I guess based yeah. on your experiences... <laughs> What advice would you give to anyone that's yeah. considering a change? Of course, it might not be as, as drastic a change as moving to Saudi Arabia, but considering a big change in their lives and they're scared of the unknown, what would you say for you? Oh, okay. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to sound like, um, I don't want to sound like um, some kind of wise old, <laughs> I don't know, philosopher or whatever. However, I do think that, that, Change is going to come regardless. Things mm. will change. So mm. I, I'm, I'm sure there's something that's said about that's one constant thing is change. Mm-hmm. So there will always be change. Now, like you said, if someone's considering something, it means they may or may not do it. And if, they, if what's holding them back is fear of the unknown, then I think that's not enough to hold you back. That's mm. what I would say. I'd say it's not enough to hold you back because... Mm. Every day we wake up and we don't know what's going to happen. Mm. So mm. there's no difference. If there's something mm. you're considering, then, then, then don't let the fact that, oh, I just don't know what might happen, mm. hold you back. Mm. Because, because we, you don't know what will happen anyway if yes. you stay in that place that you think is so yes. good. So if someone's yes. thinking, and I've had a few people contact me that said, oh, I'm thinking of going to Saudi Arabia, or I'm thinking of coming to the UAE, etc. And I always tell them, I said, you know, it is an experience. All I will tell you is, if you're someone that finds it difficult to adapt to change, then maybe it might be a bit too harsh for you. Mm. But then if you want to test yourself, then maybe it's a good thing to do. I would say, um, whether it's Saudi Arabia, whether it's the UAE, you're coming into, you're moving into a different culture. So I would say, just prepare yourself, stay chilled, be patient. Mm. Things are not as they'll move as quickly, mm. and and take the take the plunge. A lot of people that I meet tell me they came here first for adventure, mm. and I like that because mm. there are certain people from certain cultures that life is generally about adventure. But I always think the African in me doesn't always put adventure first necessarily. Yes. Yes. The African in yes. me puts, you know, how they make us think 
as, as, as Africans, as Nigerians, especially as women, you're always being, you know, you're kind of like being controlled about mm. how you think about things. So mm-hmm. you want to, you want to, for instance, you have to get a good education. And then when you want to marry, you have to marry someone who also has a good education, <laughs> who is probably has, who probably has a better education <laughs> than you and who can, who has money. You know how people think of those things yes. too, generally. Yes. You know, we don't generally think, oh, do you love him? No, 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 no. Yeah. The first question oh, no. is what does he <laughs> do so it's that kind of planning you know so I would say you know think about how you have to comport yourself but don't let um don't let and and don't and don't let what people say put you off because I've heard a lot of negative things um from people about living in the Middle East and it's not as bad as people tend to portray it Mm um People come out for adventure, and if yes, if adventure is your thing, then come out for the adventure. The adventure, though, will be maybe meeting lots of people from mm. different places, mm. and the ability to travel to other places because you're in them. It's like you're in the middle of the world, mm. so places are easier to get to yes. than yes. coming from the UK or even the US. Yes. So if you're in in the Middle East, you can travel a lot. So if you're someone who wants to see the world then it's a good place to be mm-hmm. if you want to come and just you want you need to make some money for a short period of time come out and experience it mm-hmm. I, I i i like that i like that philosophy where you know i've heard i've heard it a lot these days where and i i said it to myself i'm going to do it where you say yes to everything mm-hmm. just don't think too much as long mm-hmm. as it's not dangerous say yes to it so mm-hmm. if someone offers you a job in saudi arabia or in any country that you've never lived in before then Say yes. Mm-hmm. If everything is, is, is um, in place for you to go, say yes and go and experience it. Mm-hmm. And you definitely have to learn something from it. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing with relationships. You know, sometimes people wonder from this relationship to another relationship, whether it's a romantic one or colleagues that you meet at work or whatever. You always, if, you're, if you stay open, you will learn something. I've worked with people that I thought, oh, God, you know. But I always try to tell myself, there must be something I can take from this person. Mm. It irritates the hell out of me. Yes. It really pisses me off at work. But there has to be something. Yes. And I and I, I kind of like, I've made that my my thing that I do now. I have to look for what's the good in this person that I like. So this person really irritates me. But you know what? They always, I don't know, offer to bring back a cup of coffee when they go mm-hmm. to the coffee shop or yeah. something. And I, and, and I try to just focus on yes. things. And think of okay, what's good? And the same thing with if it was even if it was a romantic relationship. Okay, so it it was on for so long and then it's not on anymore. But there must have been something you gained from that relationship, something mm-hmm. you learned about mm-hmm. people, about yourself, mm-hmm. about maybe what to do or what not to do another time. You know, things like that. So you will learn. And I think don't be scared because life's too short mm. i got my first tattoo you know i told you uh, i've been talking about getting a tattoo <laughs> and my tattoo is says carpe carpe diem yes you know just just you know seize the day yes take those opportunities yes. because they will come a time i keep playing i kind of like guess that it's either i'll be checking whether i have to climb upstairs or whether there will be one of those uh things they bring to attach to the plane mm-hmm. because maybe my knees would be too wobbly mm-hmm. or, or whatever or I'll be looking for journeys that can I can only go on a train or on a mm-hmm. boat or, or whatever yes. you know I just that time comes I just want to make the most of, of everything exactly no that's so my advice would be take that step Fantastic. Fantastic. This has been great. Just one more question. (laughs) (laughs) 
just before you yes. go, I, I, I would like to know, based on your experiences, I am so curious to know what your favorite book is and why you think that's your favorite book. Oh, you know, um, gosh, I, I do love reading books and I've read so many and I've, I've kind of like slowed down in recent times, I must admit. But I do really like Trevor Noah's Born a Crime. Yes, I'm reading that. The and I read it and... I remember I, I could hardly put it down mm-hmm. because it was so good. Yes. Why, why is it my favorite book? And I think they're going to say it's because of the rebel in me. Mm. But I just love his mom. It's about his mom for yes. me. It's like, yes. what? Yes. She, she defied yes. everything. Yes, yes. And I, think you, I mean, I've, I think, I don't know if I would, be, I would like to say that I would be able to do what she did. But as rebellious and as adventurous as I am, I would probably only be able to go as far as having a relation, a, a secret affair with this German man. But to actually consider having a yes. child, I, I, I just think she's amazing. She I is. just think, yeah. wow, she, she, yeah. she, she's impressive. Yes. And so, you know, I just thought, just her, thinking about her and her determination to just do what she wanted to do, love who she wanted to, to love, and still, unfortunately, go through being shot by by one husband and you know mm-hmm. and thankfully surviving it all yeah. but I just think she's an amazing woman yes. and she's the person I always think of when I think of the book yes no yeah. I, I I agree I agree and, and and I think that's such an amazing way to end talking about that book and why you admire the, the, the I think yeah she's the main focus of the book and why you admire her I think is fantastic this has been an amazing Mm. discussion fiona thank you so much for joining us today thank you thank you so much thank you for having me of course (laughs) as i listen to this episode again i am struck by fiona's sense of adventure i loved this episode i learned an important lesson about living life to the full and not sitting on the sidelines I'm so proud of Fiona and I will be staying in touch as she moves into the next phase of her journey. I can't wait to see what she does next. To access the show notes, please visit the website www.theebo.com. In the show notes, I give you details of Fiona's favorite book. What did you think of this episode? I'd really love to hear from you. You can leave a rating in Apple Podcasts or drop me a note at ugochi at theebo.com. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Ebo Initiative. Thank you as always for listening and hopefully we'll see you again soon. Thanks. Bye-bye.